Genesis 41, 15, I'll tell you in advance. I'm going to read a few verses because I want to give you the context. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I've dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I've heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. Thank you. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Sometimes you don't have to be strong. You just have to rest in he that is strong. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, in my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. Of course, we know this is the Nile. And behold, there came up out of the river seven kind. Those are cows, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ill-favored and lean-fleshed, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored cows did eat up the first seven fat cows. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as at the beginning. So I awoke. And I saw my dream, and behold, seven ears came up of one stalk, full and good, and behold, seven ears withered thin and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them, referring to now a cornfield that he sees in the stream. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. If you go to the magicians, if you go to the world, you're going to get the wrong interpretation of what's going on. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good uh, ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. There shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because... The thing is established by God. Here's why he gave you two examples of the same principle. Here's why he gave you two dreams of the same interpretation. Here's why he illustrated with the cows and the ears of corn. It's for these reasons. Because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Our thought this morning from this text is the dream was doubled. The dream was doubled. Would you bow your heads? Lord, we're thankful to be in your house today. Thankful for your presence, your anointing, and your spirit. Thankful for your word that's forever settled in heaven. I ask you now, God, to anoint our hearts and minds. Give us the interpretation. Give us the revelation. Give us understanding from your word today change us, Lord, from the inside out, and we'll give you praise for all things in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated, and thank you for standing. So many things are referred to in a negative sense when we think about duplication or double. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The Bible says that, and this refers to someone who's indecisive. You've heard the term double speak. It's a term to refer to someone that speaks two different messages. Two-face, have you heard that term? That means someone who may be different depending on who they're around. We even grew up hearing our parents say, don't make me repeat myself. Don't make me say it again. None of these messages refers to double or repetition as a positive characteristic. Yet, we know that God through his word will repeat a name or a principle for a positive purpose. What does it mean? Why is that? Well, if we go to magicians for the interpretation, we'll get the wrong interpretation. But if we get the help of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, we can get the correct interpretation. 
Acts chapter 28 and verse 10 says, for precept must be upon precept. And then he says it again, precept upon precept, line upon line. Then he says it again, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, to whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Maybe they were too captivated by the culture that would preach a different message. Maybe they were hearing the interpretation from magicians. But the word of the Lord came forth and said, I'm going to repeat it because I want it to be established. Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and under the tongue will I speak to my people. For this is the rest. All of these years later, ladies and gentlemen, there's still nothing that will give you rest. And there's nothing that will refresh like the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Line upon line, year upon year, decade upon decade, it hath been established. And it shall come to pass shortly. If you want to receive the Spirit of God, uh, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. He said, I'm going to declare it, and it's going to be established over and over and over again so that nobody can ever declare, well, that was just for the people in the days of the Word of God, or that was just for my grandfather's generation. Oh, no, my friend, it's for you today. It hath been established. There is one message, hallelujah. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. It has been established. Line upon line, precept upon precept, message upon message. It's the rest. It's the refreshing. This repetition brings rest and refreshing. The reason the text starts out with a duplication of the original premise is because it's to be established. And it is established, and it shall be established. Why do you go to church so much? East Wind members, line upon line, precept upon precept, service upon service. How come you pray when you get up in the morning before you start your day? Because prayer upon prayer, line upon line. How do you still come down to an altar and still believe that God's going to heal you? Because precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. I found my rest. I found where my refreshing comes from. It didn't come from the voice of the magicians. It didn't come from a world that says everything's going to hell in a handbasket. It came from the word of God that said the Lord is my strength. In whom shall I fear? When Abraham is called in Genesis 22, 11, his name is repeated. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. It wasn't that the angel was stuttering. He was saying it twice to declare his identity. When Moses is called in Exodus 3 and verse 4, his name is called twice. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. It is interesting that in both cases, Abraham and Moses respond with the same three words upon hearing their name established, upon hearing their identity established. It is repeated and they both say the same thing. Here am I. When God establishes your identity by declaring it twice, because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. That's where you bank on. You don't want to go let your mistake define you. You're not going to let something that you've done that was not of the word of God and not of the principles of God's word. You know you made a mistake and your heart condemns you. But guess what? You're not going to let that mistake define who you are. You're not going to let the devil determine what your identity is. Mm, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel my help coming. God said, I called you. When you were just a child, I was reaching for you in Sunday school. When you had a grandmother, that was praying for you. And when you struggled in your young adult years, it was me that was calling your name. And it hath been established. So I'm not going to listen to the interpretation of the magicians that would try to say that you're a loser and you'll never make it and you can't be born again and you weren't cut out to be a Christian. That's not the interpretation. I've got the declaration of 
my identity by a God that has declared it over and over and over. You're an overcomer. You're a believer. You're a child. When the doctors say you're not going to be healed, when the doctors say you got three months to live, you don't answer to any of that with here am I. But when the word of God goes forth, it says, by my stripes, ye are healed. Here am I. Come on, I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. Here am I. We need a Joseph. We need somebody to come up out of jail and give us the interpretation. We need the word of God to declare who we are. Don't let the world determine who you are. There's a God that has already declared who you are. You're the apple of his eye. You're the chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. It has been declared. It is established. It is one. Even an unbeliever who's persecuting the church responds in a similar fashion. Acts 9.3 And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and it fell on the earth. I heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who are thou, Lord? When God calls your name, do you say, here am I, or who are you? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. I'm going to identify who I am so that you'll understand who you are. You think you're doing the right thing, Saul, but you're kicking against the prick. You're going the wrong direction. You're swimming upstream. You're on the wrong path. It's hard for you to kick against the And he's trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Abraham, Abraham, Moses, Moses, Saul, Saul. And then we see that many times in the Gospel of John, we read where a text will begin with, Verily, verily. Why do we have verily, verily? Verily means truly, absolutely. I knew the word of God had verily, verily. But who is verily? Abraham, I know. Moses, I know. Even Saul, but verily? And I started looking in the Old Testament. I started looking in the Gospels, and all I could find was just one verily. And I'm like, where's verily, verily? I know there's verily, verily. I had to get over to the Gospel of John. John 1, 51, and he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending unto the Son of Man. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. John 3, 11, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we may know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. John 5, 19, then answered Jesus and said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son of God or the son of man can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. John 5, 25, verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the son of God and they that hear shall live. That's only to chapter five. Come on, John, what are you doing with two verilies? Isn't one verily enough? The other gospels have got a verily. The Old Testament, but John got two verilies. He's got to say it twice. He wants it to be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. The rest of the gospels, the Old Testament got one verily, but John got two verily. I can hear the other disciples saying, what's the matter with John? John's always got to have more. John writing a whole gospel saying, the disciple that Jesus loved. John talking about him and Peter running to the tomb said, John arrived first. John seems to talk a lot about himself. 
John must have some insecurity. He's talking about winning a race with Peter. John must have some insecurity. He's talking about barely, barely got to double up what everybody else is doing. Why does John got to have two barely's? Well, the gospel of John is 90% unique from the other synoptic gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John wrote his gospel about 20 years later. And only John tells about turning the water into wine in Cana. Only John talks about the nobleman's son being healed in Cana. Only John tells us about the healing of the lame man at the pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem. The feeding of the 5,000 near the Sea of Galilee. John tells us that. Walking on the water of the Sea of Galilee. John tells us that. Only healing of the blind man in Jerusalem. John wrote his gospel about 20 years after the other, so he was excited to share these miracles that he maybe thought the others had left out. He didn't include any of the parables of Jesus. He seems focused on the miracles of Jesus. It was almost like he made a conscious decision that he wants to share what Jesus did more than what Jesus said. He gets his pen out. Oh, he can hardly wait to tell of the miracles of Jesus. But before he can get to the miracles, he's got to wait. Oh, I can't hardly wait to tell him about what happened at the King of Galilee. I don't know what's the matter with them other three. They didn't say it. But oh, wait till I tell him about Jesus turning the water into water. Oh, wait till I tell him about feeding the five. Wait till I tell him about walking on the water. Wait till I tell him about the man healed at the pool of the Oh, he's got his pen out. He can't hardly wait. But before he can get to the miracles, he's got to start out with John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All through the Gospel of John, you'll see the duplicate nature of what John writes, but he wants to establish it. We're going to get to the miracles. We're going to get there. But oh, I got to say a little bit more about this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. He doesn't spend any time talking about Mary. He doesn't spend any time talking about Bethlehem. He just says, I'm going to establish it from the get-go. In the beginning was the Word. I've got the Word of God. I've got the interpretation of it. I want it to be established. John seems focused on the identity of Jesus. Only John records the seven I am statements of Jesus. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. It's John that records this. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the door. John wants to declare the identity of Jesus when he records the words of Jesus in John 8. Before Abraham was, I am. John's got a revelation. Not only does he have a revelation that Jesus loved him, he's got a revelation of establishing the word. To establish it by repeating it over and over again. That's why you ought to wake up every day. Don't just live on something that happened to you as a seven-year-old child. You ought to get up every day and say, I am a child of God. He hath called me. Oh, I got some good things I want to testify about. But first, I want to say, in the beginning was the Word. At the very beginning, there was the Word. Uh, I know I've made some mistakes in my life, uh, but I'm going to get up one more day, and I'm going to declare, in the beginning, God called me. He knew me in my mother's womb, like he said of David. He's already predestined it. Hallelujah. If I want to be saved, I can be saved. If I want to overcome, I can overcome. Because in the beginning was the Word. And the Word declares that I can be saved. Come on, don't let the devil, don't let the magicians tell you that you've gone too far, that you can never be saved, that your mistakes are multiplied. They don't have the interpretation. They don't have the revelation. There's only one, and it's established by the word of God. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, I feel faith in this house. I want you to establish that you're going to be healed. I want you to get up every day and say, I will be healed. I'm glad you're here today, Frank. I'm glad you finished all your chemo. I'm so thankful that you're here. Oh, the enemy wants to try to come in and wear us down, make us discouraged, cause us not to be able to get any further, make us feel like we can't make it. Somebody's going to get the revelation like John had. The dream was doubled, but it is one. 
and it shall come to pass. It don't matter how bad it gets. It don't matter if all the good years are eaten up by the bad years. I got a God, hallelujah, that's going to see me through. God hath made a way of escape. God's got a plan that he's going to provide for you. Be not weary in your well-doing. It's going to come to pass that God is going to have the final say. Hallelujah. John wants to declare the identity of Jesus. Somehow he's got a revelation of the declaration of the identity establishes it. So he goes through the seven I am's. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the truth. I am the life. And then he repeats the words of Jesus in John 8 when he says, Jesus declared that before Abraham was I am. Why does John do this? Why does he know the significance of the repetition of God? He must have had record of that Old Testament law as well. Because he knew in Exodus 3.13 it was written, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? i got to have your identity, God. What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. My God. He said, I'm going to establish it. None of the other gospels include it. But John has the seven I am's. Because he knows from the Old Testament it hath been established. It is declared the identity of who Jesus is. That he is the God of the Old Testament. I am that I am. Oh, he's not just I am. He's I am that I am. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. He's not I was or I will be. He's I am. Oh, pastor, if I can get my act together, I'm going to come to church. There's no more convenient season than right now. God had already established it. He's the I am that I am. I can do it right now. I am the God that hath established my identity so that your identity can be established by the repetition and the declaration of the word of God so that when John gets ready to tell us about the, what the heavens opened up to him on the Isle of Patmos. Oh, they couldn't get rid of John. They tried to boil him in oil. He wouldn't die because he had too much word in him. We're going to fry you now. You're going to go just like all the others. And they put him in there to boil him like a lobster. He's in there. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. I don't have to be strong. All I got to do is rest in his strength. It has been declared. It is established line upon line, precept upon precept. So they finally just said, we're going to put you over there in the Isle of Patmos. Put you out there on a rock in the middle of the Mediterranean so you'll leave the rest of us alone. We're tired of hearing about all the word. Barely, 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 barely. Put you out there on an island, let you talk to the wild birds and the iguanas or whoever lives out there on Patmos. Ain't no people. Put you out there. John gets out there. Mm. The heavens opened up. Ooh. I'm going to tell you what, God will keep speaking to somebody that will keep listening and keep looking. I'm not going to focus on all the rocks. I'm not going to focus on the plight of my present situation. I'm going to lift up my head. Good God Almighty. Woo! John says in Revelation 1.8, I am Alpha and Omega. Talking about the Lord, the beginning and the ending. Notice the dual nature to how he writes. I am Alpha and Omega. The two are one. The dream was doubled, but it is one. I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. He's not just the God that saved you. He's the God that's going to keep you. And he's the God that's going to take you out of here. 
He's the author and the finisher of my faith. He said, which was and is and is to come the almighty he said I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet saying here we go again he's going to establish it because he's going to declare it again I am alpha and omega the first and the last why do you Pentecostals keep going to church and singing about how great God is because we're going to establish it one more time I just want to be in your presence you're the mighty God you're the king of glory you're more than wonderful. You're the great I am. Yeah, but you've sang it all your life. I'm going to sing it again. You've preached it all your life. I'm going to declare it again. Line upon line, precept upon precept. He is the great I am. He is the mighty God. Woo! He said, I heard the voice behind me. I got the interpretation of it too. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And he said, the voice, the vision, the dream, it declared what thou seest, write in a book, send it to the seven churches of Asia. Boy, he starts to see heaven open up. And in Revelation 5, 1, even the book of Revelation, if you study the book of Revelation, the dual nature of it in terms of what it establishes through 4 through 11, then 12 through the completion of it, is a repetition. He writes it literally as he has established the word in his own heart and life. But before he can get to it, oh, he wants to talk about the dragons. Oh, he wants to talk about the beasts and the horses and the vials and the seals and everything that he's seen. But before he can get to all of the good stuff, Revelation chapter 5 and verse 1, he says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book. I got a lot of things to tell you, but before I saw all of that, I've seen the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had visions and dreams. I've had the heavens open up. I've seen things that I don't know man's ever seen. But before I get to it, I got to tell you, I saw the book. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have a revelation until you get your life established upon the book. You just go from one magician to the next, and they're going to tell you how bad it is and how things are going to get worse and worse. But the Lord said, I've given you the book, and the book said, I'm going to make a way where there is no way. I've seen the book. And he don't stop there. He says, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within... And on the backside. Other translations talk about a scroll. You know how crazy it would be to have a scroll that was written on both sides of the parchment? You talk about unusual. They didn't write like that. They only wrote on one side. But John said, I've done looked into heaven. And I seen a book. And it was written within and on the backside. He got another verily, verily in him. <laughs> he got one more I am than I am in him. He said, I'm fixing to tell y'all some stuff now and y'all here. But before I do, I'll tell you something. I've seen it in the book. And by the way, it's there twice. Well, you ought to grab a hold of some of the promises of God and you ought to say them every day of your life. And when the devil comes and says, you're a loser, you'll never make it. You're an alcoholic. You're a pornographer. You're a drug addict. You'll never be anything. You ought to get in the word of God and say, wait a second. I've seen the book and it's in there more than once. I shall be saved. I shall overcome. He hath declared my identity repeatedly. John's got the revelation of the God of repetition. So he says, I saw him that sat on the throne and he had the word on the front and the back. What I'm fixing to tell you 
What I'm fixing to share with you is established. It is truly, truly. I've seen the Redeemer. And he's the God of repetition. And he said in verse 9, and they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God. He said, you better get an understanding that your Redeemer is a Redeemer of repetition. Now, if you've only made one mistake in your life, this won't mean anything to you. But if you ever made more than one mistake, I'm not going to ask you to vote because I don't want you to lie. But everybody in this building made more than one mistake. But the Redeemer is a Redeemer of repetition. I said he can redeem over and over and over. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. We're going to get to the dragons. But before we do, I want you to know that I saw heaven open. And it's been established on the front and the back of the book. He's your redeemer. I want to talk about all the vile. I want to talk about all the play. I want to talk about what's going to happen. But first, I saw the book, and it is established. Joseph tells Pharaoh, the thing is established, and it will come to pass shortly. But he told him more than just that. He said, the dream is one. Pharaoh, you don't have any rest right now. You don't have any refreshing from your dream, even though it was from God. Because the magicians are interpreting it. But I've come to tell you, the dream was doubled because it was to establish and to remind you that it's going to come to pass shortly. All last year, I felt like we dealt with this virus with faith and victory and with triumph. And I felt like that after a year, we'll get through 2020. We will attack 2021 like never before. I was convinced of it. We got through 2020. I had 2021 all set up. Missions, trips, crusades. We were going to do them here and there. In Palm Bay and in other countries. Oh my goodness, I was so excited about it. I was celebrating 2021. I even booked a cruise for my family. We coming out of 2020. We made it. We triumphed. God is good. 2021 going to be the year of victory and triumph. God gave us a message at the beginning of the year that this is the cry and the shout. It's the old men that cry and the young men that shout it, but we're going to come out together. We're going to reach the church and the unchurched. We're going to reach those that are hurting and those that are helpless. We're going to come on. We're going to find those, hallelujah, in the city that never heard of God, but we're going to minister to people that are fearful and hurting in their own spirit. And 2021 going to be the year of victory, going to be the year of revival. We are coming out. I felt that way all last year. We come out of the, the end of the year. We started the first of this year. I was convinced as a culture we're going to get a handle on this. And I don't know whether it's going to be through vaccinations or education or the divine healing of God, but whatever it is, 2021 going to be different than last year. And then about the fourth week of January, I was up one morning early watching the sun come up, doing my daily devotion, and I felt a dark cloud roll in on my spirit. And it dawned on me, you got another year of this. You're going to have another year. 2021 going to be like 2020. And I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me. I don't, I don't know that I can handle another year. Wearing masks and afraid for people to come to the altar and people hiding in their house watching it on the internet. We don't have another year. We done completed 2020. 2021 going to be different. I was convinced of it. And then the dark cloud come rolling in. And I thought, oh my goodness. I thought it was from the Lord. We're going to have another bad year. I must have been getting the interpretation from a magician. And I thought about, what makes you think that way, David? And I realized what made me think that way. I was thinking that way because the vaccinations are so slow and rolling out. It's going to take them another year to roll this thing out. 
And there's a different administration now with more restrictions. And it ain't going away. It's going to get tighter. And I felt the dark clouds rolling in on me. I rebuked them dark clouds. I said, no, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to claim it. I don't accept it. It's not going to happen. But then a week later, I get COVID. And now you talk about dark clouds. I feel them rolling in. And I'm just tired and weary and headaches. I didn't even have a bad case of it. I never lost my taste or my smell. or I never had trouble breathing. But man, it seemed like it wouldn't go away. After a week or so, I said, okay, I'm good now. But every night I'd be battling headaches. Where's the ibuprofen? Where's the Tylenol? Where's my magicians? I said, we're going to have revival. we got to get ready. we got a crusade. we got to get going. And I was like, I was tired. I didn't, I didn't have no energy. I, wasn't, I could feel the darkness moving in. I think the Lord let me go through it so I could relate to everybody else. And I know there's a physical component to it, but I'm going to tell you what I found out personally is more than physical. It's emotional and it is spiritual. Just roll in, don't care, just tired, a sense of gloom and doom. And man, this thing it just lingers and it just rolls on and on and on. And what are you going to do about it? And I don't know and I don't care and I'm tired and I'm weary and I can't read, I can't study, I got constant headaches, I felt fatigued, my head was in a fog, I couldn't hardly put two sentences together. And the whole time I'm thinking, you got to pull yourself together, David Ellis Myers. And I didn't have the strength, the energy, or the desire to fight it until the Lord gave me a verse. I'm going to tell you what the answer is in the Word of God. And I was reading one morning, and the Lord gave me a verse in Acts chapter 2 and verse 34. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. Until I make thy foes thy footstool. Woo, hallelujah. I done had to drag Joseph up to get the right interpretation. I know the dream is doubled, but the interpretation is one. And it hath been established. The Lord said unto my Lord. That's the double party in. The Lord said unto my Lord. The dream was doubled, but it is one. He is both the Father and the Son. He is one, one God, one person, but multiple manifestations for the purpose of establishing it. The Lord said unto my Lord, the Lord is the Father, but my Lord is the Son. Until he's manifested as the Son, he is the Lord. He is the God. But he said, the Lord is my Lord. When he became the son, when he robed himself in flesh, when he came close to humanity, the Lord became my Lord. The Lord said unto my Lord. He became flesh. He became my Lord. He became my God. He is close up. He's an ever-present help. The Lord became the Savior in the Son. My goodness, God, give me a revelation of the oneness of God. I'm glad I know he's the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. The manifestation is double, but the dream is one. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Father and the Son. But he became my Lord to establish that it is so. And shortly it will come to pass. But until then, sit on my right hand. Until then, sit on my right hand. Stay in my power until I make your foes your footstool. I don't know what you may be going through, but I've come with a word from God. 
I've come from the interpretation of the dream from Joseph. <laughs> Stay on the right hand. Stay in a place of power. Because there's coming a day when your foes are going to become your footstool. How do you know it? Because the Lord said unto my Lord, line upon line, precept upon precept, word upon word. It is established and it is declared. Until the rest and the refreshing comes. You've been losing a lot of sleep, Pharaoh. You not only got a dream, you can you got two of them. You got a double year. You got a double whammy. But when Joseph came, he came with the word of victory. Yes, you've had two dreams. But God gave you two dreams to establish it, to declare it. So it's not just a figment of your imagination. It is established. Truly, truly. Verily, verily. I don't see it yet, Pastor. Just stay on his right hand. Stay on his right hand. Pastor, I feel like the skinny cows are eating up the fat cows. Feel like the bad years may consume the good years. Before even his family knew who Joseph was, they identified him as the Lord of the harvest. It don't matter what we, you, or I go through, God's gonna make a way of escape. Barely, barely, I say. The Lord of the harvest is the one who's gonna guide you through. And ladies and gentlemen, he is at work. The problems that you're facing may seem multiplied, but don't get the interpretation from a magician. Get the interpretation from the established word of God. The troubles are singular. They're just one. But God has established it to remind you that the double portion doesn't belong to the enemy. The double portion belongs to God. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, Elisha. He wants to remind you that the mantle that you got when Elijah called you is not the final mantle. There's another mantle that's coming up from the clouds that's coming down out of the fire. And it's the mantle of the supernatural because he's the God that established it through a double portion. So you go ahead and pray and say, I want double what my mentor had. I want double what Elijah had. Come on, millennials. Come on, Generation X. Come on, apostolics. Come on, East Wind. You say, oh, but I'm facing multiple problems. But I got news for you. It's only God that has multiplied his blessings and multiplied his word and multiplied the promise of your salvation. Stand to your feet. Mm. God of repetition. Given us a double portion. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. You don't have it revealed through the word of God. Your focus stays on the bad times, the skinny cows, troubled years. Linger. One, two, three, four, seven. And it's going to get so bad, we don't, we're going to even forget about the plenty. Seven years of famine going to appear to be the end of time. But even then, God had a plan. He had a plan on bringing Joseph's family back. Well, pastor, do you think my family can be saved? It's been so many years. So much water under It's hard to even get together for holidays. 
I talked to a young man the other day on the telephone I haven't talked to for 20 years. He used to be a member of our church. He used to be on our staff. I talked to him. He said, I don't know. I just, just had... Just had your your name on my mind. Wonder, he said, what your interpretation is of everything going on around this world. Come on, there's some prodigals that's gonna go to the father's house to get the interpretation of the truth. Don't give up. But it's been so long, Pastor. Sin is not the one that establishes it by repetition. Because where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. It's the mercy and love of God that is established by repetition. He hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Pharaoh said, Joe, Joe I, don't, I don't have any strength anymore. You don't have to. All you got to do is have the interpretation. The dream was doubled, but it was for the purpose of establishing the principle. Circumstances in your life that seem to overwhelm you come today with the interpretation. It hath established that there's trouble in this world, that there's hurt and pain that surrounds us all. There's a God who hath already declared it, established it, and repeated it you shall overcome you shall overcome Joseph through seven years of famine your family's gonna come back home they don't even know who you are but when you were just a boy I gave you a dream <laughs> and even your family did not receive and if you'll remember, that dream came to Joseph in duplicate. He established it. He gave him his identity as just a boy. Didn't know where he would be. But had a dream. The stars were bound down. The sun and the moon. Oh, you say, Pastor, I've been through so much. I know the years may have been lean, been hurtful, been painful, but I come to remind you that God established from the very beginning that you're a chosen generation, you're a royal priesthood, he has a calling upon your life, he has a destiny for you. And even though the years may be lean and the famine and the hurt, sin and sickness lingers, God said, I've come today to give you the interpretation of the circumstances you're facing. Don't go to the magicians. Get it from the Word of God. It is established. It will come to pass quickly. It will come to pass shortly. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. He's already come one time. When he comes again the second time, it'll be established. He is the mighty God. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, do you know that God's got a word for you? Line upon line. Precept upon precept. He said, well, I've got the rest for you. For his stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to my people. Come on, I've got my Holy Spirit. I want it to just come and engulf you right now. I breathed on you when you were born in the flesh. Now I'm going to breathe on you again and you're going to be born again. Oh, yes. <laughs> come on, the dream is doubled. The declaration of God and his desire to save you have been established.
been established through your life. Every head is bowed right now. Every eye is closed. The Holy Ghost is speaking, talking. He hath declared it. He hath established it. He hath released it. I'm an overcomer. I don't know what the enemy has been telling you this week or this month. But I've come to tell you, the Lord wants you to rest in his power this morning. Maybe you've only known him as the Lord, but he said, I want you to know me as my Lord. Come on, sit on the right hand. Get in a place of saying, I'm not going to judge my circumstances with my own interpretation. I'm going to get a revelation that if God be for me, who can be against me? Good God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, just like he prophesied, stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to my people. It's been established line upon line. All through the years, he established it so people couldn't say it was only for the folks in the book of Acts. It was only for the folks in the days of the Bible. It's only for the crusades of Bangladesh. It's only for the crusades in Haiti and Guatemala. No, no, he said, I've established it. It's for whosoever will. Man, woman, boy and girl, it doesn't matter what your socioeconomic level is, the color of your skin, where you're from, who your mom and daddy was, what your income level is, whether you got a visa or an American Express, it don't matter. God said, I have come to redeem you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house. Come on, if you want to establish it one more time, why don't you step out from where you're standing? God said, I've got some rest for you. I've got the refreshing for you. Come on, just step out of where you're standing. Come down to this altar. Lift up your hands right now and begin to declare with your voice. Come on, establish it with your word. You said, I've heard the word, but now i got to become a doer of the word. So I'm going to lift up my voice and I'm going to declare it one more time. He's my strength. He's my song. He's my help. He's my hope. Come on, the doctor said, I don't know if you're going to be healed. I don't know. We don't have any solution for you. But you said, I'm not going to just rest on the interpretation from the world. I'm going to come down to an altar. I'm going to get my healing right now. I'm going to let the Lord speak to me through his word and declare, it shall be. She caught that one. He caught the robo In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Come on, declare it. He's awesome. He's a mighty God. He's the wonderful counselor. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Awesome. In the name of Jesus. Awesome. My God is awesome. Savior of the whole world. Giver of salvation. By his stripes I am healed. My God is awesome. Today I am forgiven. His grace is
mighty God. From the east to the west, lift up your hands now. If you're in the pew, you're in the altar. Come on, it's one thing to know the promises of God. It's another thing to declare it. Lift up your voice right now and declare the promises of God. Come on, declare the promises of God. Declare the promises of God. I establish it. I declare it. I decree it. He is my strength, he's my hope, he's my help. I shall overcome. I declare victory, I declare healing. I declare deliverance in the name of Jesus. That's it, set your mouth like a trumpet and declare it. Lord, that's good. That's awesome. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you, Lord. You're my hope. You are the great and the mighty God. I pray for strength on the body of Christ. I pray that you would strengthen your children, oh Lord. He's my Lord. He's my friend. He's my Savior. He's my God. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, if you've ever been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that rest and that refreshing, that is established line upon line, precept upon precept, I want you to lift up your hands and your voice right now. And I want you to begin to speak it out with the stammering lips of another tongue. Would you do that? Would you declare it as God gives the utterance? Ooh. My God. That's it, that's it. Ina la bossa tarrobosata. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that's it, that's the Holy Ghost. 